You are listening to the Doc Doc Goose podcast. Hello and welcome to the Doc Doc Goose podcast. This is episode 12. Today we will be talking about kinesiology tape, especially rock tape, which uh, here is the best of the kinesiology tapes. At least they gave us free product to say that. So, Rock Tape. Yeah, they did, and we're giving some away to you. Rock Tape, the best of all the tapes. <laughs> My name is Sean Palmer. I'm one of the docs. This is Ben Imes. He's one of your other docs. I am a physician at large. And Matty Imes, our goose. I am a goose at large. On today's episode, we have Dr. John Campione. He is a chiropractor. He practices up in Illinois. He is also a master instructor for rock tape, which means uh, he tours the country teaching continuing education courses um, on the proper applications of of rock tape to other uh, healthcare providers. Yes, I said providers. Deal with it. Now, with that being said, we do have some disclaimers for today's show, and they're actually longer than usual. First of all, disclaimer one, anything said on this podcast today does not constitute us establishing a physician-patient relationship, a physical therapy-patient relationship, or an architect-client relationship at all. This is purely educational slash not educational. Also, the views expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of our employer, and they barely reflect our own views. So, uh, if I say something, it does not necessarily reflect Stuart Health. If Dr. Palmer says something, it does not reflect whatever he works for. And if uh, Master Architect Matthew Imes says something, it does always reflect the opinions of another look architecture. Also, whatever Matt says does not reflect my views. I'd like to throw that out there right <laughs> Just now. In <laughs> <laughs> also, today's episode is partially sponsored by Rock Tape, and that's because we could not get duct tape to sponsor us. We're working on it. We're working on it. Quack, quack, duct tape. Quack, quack. <laughs> I feel like it just goes with Duck Duck Goose. I mean, Doc Doc Goose, whatever we are. <laughs> quack, quack. For this episode, as we said, we have Master Instructor from Rock Tape. So, Rock Tape was kind enough to furnish us with a giveaway. So, here's what we're going to do there's several ways to enter this giveaway. What the giveaway is, it's at least one roll of rock tape, which is the best tape on the market, best kinesiology tape on the market, and one vial of both their rock sauce fire and rock sauce ice. Rock sauce fire really does feel like fire. Main ingredient is capsaicin. Rock sauce ice is very cold and minty. Just as a point of clarification, the main ingredient is not capsaicin, but the main active ingredient is capsaicin. It's like 0.01% capsaicin. Thank you. Just a heads up. 
Because well rubbing done. pure capsaicin on you hurts like the dickens. <laughs> you know from experience? <laughs> Unfortunately, we're not as smart as we pretend we are. <laughs> and I speak for at least me and Matt. I wonder... I, I, okay, <laughs> first off, I never rubbed any of this stuff on me. But no, no, I just know how I smart agree you are. With you that you're speaking. <laughs> there are several ways to enter this giveaway. First, you can go to our website at www.ddgpodcast.com slash rock tape. Again, that's www.ddgpodcast.com slash rock rock tape there's an entry form there fill that out and send it in other ways to enter take it away dr rhymes first of all no purchase is necessary to enter this contest terms and conditions may apply exactly i think that's what they always say uh yeah we will ship this out to you free of charge or if you also win our other contest i'll drink a yoohoo with you while i hand deliver this to you Um, still nobody's entered that one Oh, man, you people. That's why we're getting better prizes. <laughs> it makes sense. So uh, the other ways to enter would be, one, would be to take a picture of yourself with some type of kinesiology tape on. It doesn't have to be actually rock tape. Uh, with some sort of kinesiology tape on, and then tag us on either Instagram or Facebook. Or my preferred way of you entering is to somehow use Sharpie or some other marking material uh, and on your skin, write DDG and your best version of what a goose should look like. And then tag <laughs> us on either Instagram or Facebook. And if you're looking to tag us on every social platform, we are at the DDG podcast. Don't forget the the. It's important because DDG podcast is actually something else, not us. That seems weird. So. Again, at the DDG podcast, you're going to take a picture of yourself either with some tape on your body. (laughs) It could be duct tape. We might give you two entries if it's duct tape, especially if it's a cool design. It's not just the the typical gray. You know, they exist. Ooh, camo duct tape. (laughs) The other way, again, is if you write on your body with a Sharpie, DDG, and you draw a goose. I can't wait to see what this comes back with enter often and enter early it's kind of like voting do it as many times as you can exactly and now here is our conversation with dr john campioni a lot of people have seen those athletes with that colored tape on them um could have crazy symbols and whatnot uh what is this stuff? Tell us about, about kinesiology tape um, and what its benefits are. So kinesiology tape in, in general, and you know we can get into different brands and stuff like that, but let's keep it really general as kinesiology tape. This is elastic tape that's meant to move with the athlete and the patient and allow them to go through normal ranges of motion, normal function, functioning without physically locking anything down. So it differs quite a bit from athletic tape in that it's not rigid. It's not like Luco tape. It's not meant to literally pull things into place. It's meant to move pressing tissue. So it's elastic quality comes into play. And the fact that it's on the skin is a really important aspect to it. So there are three things that all kinesiology tape really does in a very general sense. 
First is mitigating pain. So it's basic pain gating theory. When you stimulate mechanoreceptors, you can send a non-threatening signal into the central nervous system. The second is decompression. So decompression comes from that elastic quality of the tape. So tape is taped end to end and it always pulls towards the center. It causes this lifting effect. And we know from a lot of the fascial research pioneers that the skin is connected all the way down to a cellular level via connective tissue, via fascia. And when we lift up on the skin with that tape, all the connecting layers underneath actually get open. So I, I use the slinky analogy is if I pulled up on a slinky just on the top rung, you would actually see all the spaces open up and anything that's within those spaces that might be compressed or dysfunctional can be allowed to do what they're supposed to do. And we can talk a little bit about like uh, tissue gliding. There are some great studies out there looking at tissue glide of fascial layers. When that improves, we actually do get a, a decrease in pain and an increase in function. And then the last quality of kinesiology tape is really kind of the overarching umbrella in my, in my opinion, is it improves or increases the neurosensory signal into the central nervous system. So essentially what it does is it enhances the tactile sensation of an area that might otherwise be dampened. So if you follow some of like Mosley and Butler stuff and you know about explained pain, they talk about the smudge effect. So when somebody has an injury, that injured area is not clearly represented in what's referred to as a body map in their brain, in their cortex. So basically the way I kind of see it is the brain is always trying to look for all the body parts and it's receiving a signal from the body parts. When you have an injured area, it's not getting a good signal. So when we provide a type of tactile sensation or a stimulus, and in the case of tape, it's a tactile stimulus, it is enhancing that dampened input. So all tape, when it's on the skin, can really be generalized within these three different qualities. And out, outside of that, once you know the concepts, you can kind of use the tape for how you want to use it, depending on the applications, depending on the person you're using it on. Wow, that's a lot more in depth than I was expecting. <laughs> Sorry. Hold on. Yeah. Um, no, and I appreciate that. I, I really like hearing about the physiology behind this because um, I'll just kind of straightforward here. I'm mm -hmm. a skeptic, I think, sure. of, of kinesiology tape. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, but again, that's just because I like I, probably a lot of people out there, I don't know a whole lot about it. And so okay. hearing about the physiology and what what you guys have have seen that the research shows is is really cool for me. So, I I appreciate you admitting you're you're a skeptic. You're a good skeptic too because you're you're seeking out further knowledge too. And I think that's where a lot of people get down on things like tape is they maybe they saw one study that was doing that was looking for something that tape actually can't do, and they saw that it didn't work, and then they just kind of uh, look down on it and just kind of totally dismiss it. So you know, there's a lot of good research out there about the pain science. Uh, and its effect on uh, on pain. And then if we look at other types of neuroscience, we can actually extrapolate a lot of really good information from it too, as far as like touch uh, and different proprioception as well. And we can think that a lot of manual therapies, a lot of hands-on stuff can do very similar things. And when tape can be seen as kind of a tactile sensation, we can see that it does kind of fall along those, those same pathways. Right. Right. And I'm, I, yeah, and I'm excited to kind of hear more and pick your brain about this. Little now more. you just listed the, the benefits of it and how it, um, uh, let, let's say in, in, I don't know what you say, we use the word enhance the, the nervous system, but we're at the end of the day and that's all my brain is, is really saying right now. Um, so it provides more input into the nervous system. 
Um, sometimes you hear the claim too that it like supports muscles and ligaments. What do you think about that claim of rock tape? Yeah. You know, I think it's the problem with the nomenclature and, and it, I mean, it's almost literally arguing semantics, but in this point, I think it's a good argument is the word support. What, what the heck does that even mean? So, you know, you'll throw around the word stability. And if you're talking about it from like the sense of giving a sensation and input into the central nervous system and it provides good output, then yeah, I guess you could talk about it supporting and providing stability, but in the strictest sense, when we talk about support, a lot of times we're talking about providing an external type of um, uh, uh, restriction, if you will, just to kind of keep something in place and hold it where it needs to go, like a traditional brace would. Tape really doesn't do that. Elastic tape doesn't do that because it is elastic because of the amount of force that it can actually generate if you were to add extra stretch in it. It's not going to hold a joint in place. But again, that's where we kind of jump more into the neuroscience behind it. And if we can provide better input in the central nervous system, we can see better output. So we can see function increasing. But for anybody who wants to use elastic kinesiology tape to try to like lock down a joint and, you know, really, truly physically stabilize it, it's not going to do that. It just can't. With most people here, uh, and I'm one, when I heard that, that, uh, that claim of it supports muscles, ligaments, I'm like, there's no way. I felt this stuff. I put this yeah. on people. It ain't going to do that. And so I, yeah, so, I really appreciate yeah. how you worded that in that. Okay. It makes a little more sense. If you're giving your brain more input, your body more input that, okay, this structure is there. That, that's an interesting way of thinking about it. I never seen it that way. Yeah. And I, I like the way you said that also, John, just that you're right. It's not going to support across a joint. It's not going to stabilize a joint. And it sounds like that's not what its job is to do. So that's good. If, if you find people who are claiming that, they're, they're doing it wrong, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I, th I think it comes with the claims too, is, is what's funny is you'll see people slap on tape and it might actually show an improvement, but they might be explaining it incorrectly. And I'm just one of those people, it's like, I, I have to educate my patients so that they know exactly what this stuff can and cannot do. And I don't want to lie to them. Um, even if it's not maliciously lying to them, I don't want to give them the wrong information. Yeah. What What's the most... Um, so there's been a lot of research on, on, on kinesiology tape since its, its beginning. What, what does it say the most? So what aspect of this is studied the most and has the strongest evidence behind it so far? So what we're seeing a lot in the research, um, and I think it's because a lot of the research being done is on how it affects pain. We're seeing a good majority of the research showing that it is beneficial for pain. So, you know, we've seen meta-analysis focused on pain, seeing that tape can be uh, pretty superior when it's a minimal intervention of pain relief, like tape by itself actually is extremely effective. Um, we are then seeing what I think is more logical studies because who would ever just tape and send your patient off? Um, you're seeing it with different exercise uh, programs with experimental groups, not only being taped, but also being part of a exercise rehabilitation program. You're seeing greater effects in the tape and exercise group with pain relief and increased function rather than just the tape group. So I like seeing studies like that because again, you know, minimizing, minimizing it rather uh, to just being like tape all by itself. To me as a clinician who uses a lot of tools, that doesn't tell me a lot other than tape is really good when it is by themselves. So I guess it can help out when I use it in addition to other things. So we're seeing really good research showing, you know, when we decrease pain, we can increase 
range of motion. So um, seeing a reduction in the, the threat response with different uh, modalities and like shoulder impingement, they're seeing uh, a fairly immediate reduction in pain. Um, therapeutic taping groups are showing, uh, you know, pain-free uh, uh, function in things like shoulder abduction with um, uh, shoulder impingements. Uh, a lot of these studies, though, unfortunately, we're, we are seeing some limitations with the sizes of the uh, sample group. Um, there's, a, there's a great study done. Uh, I'm trying to remember the year it was, but it was not too long ago, honestly, because honestly, this stuff hasn't been around that long. But uh, looking at short-term effects of tape, on a patient with uh, cervical range of motion issues and pain after uh, an acute whiplash injury. So they've actually seen that with acute whiplash injuries receiving tape, they showed a statistical improvement in, um, in pain and a uh, improvement in range of motion at application and even a 24 hour follow-up too. Uh, but the complication I think comes from like, where is that coming from? And there's one wow, study that's very interesting that, quick. that looks at decrease in pain by kind of enhancing enhancing the position sense what was that at application you said at the time it's applied there's already a change yeah yeah so i mean in certain studies wow. you know you, you you have to kind of t i think take things with a grain of salt because there are a lot of factors to play in with different studies and i think it goes back to that tactile sensation though too and, you know modern pain science is seeing that pain is more of an output and it's talking about that smudging effect again, and that pain is kind of like that signal out to kind of fill in the gaps when that body map is misrepresented. But we're seeing a lot of uh, studies done with tactile acuity. Uh, so for instance, two-point touch discrimination, when we enhance that signal with some sort of manual therapy, tactile sensation, and in this case, tape falls into that category, they're actually seeing that taped groups are getting a decrease in pain, but also an increase in tactile acuity at the same time. So what it really seems to be coming down to with a lot of the research is you see a decrease in pain because you're also seeing an increase in the input and in the function that's going on too, which I personally like because you know, I, I think this is a contentious statement, uh, but I feel like it's easy to get people out of pain with the modern science that we have. Like we have medications, we have topicals, we have a lot of stuff that we can do. But when we can re, uh, improve function and pain stays away, I, that's when I really am very happy with some of the results that I'm getting with my patients. Yeah. Yeah. Being able to reduce that pain, especially with something that's not going to cause them a lot of harm. It's, yeah. Good point. Is non non opioid based is fantastic. Yeah. So, Although we do have a hemp tape. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just the material though. So. <laughs> now I'm going to get that question. Yeah, I know. I should have said how it. Long, <laughs> how long does a tape last before so, you yeah. like tear it off and retape or so forth? Real hard question to answer. Um, we quote in our, in our seminars at Rock Tape, we quote three to five days. Um, but I've seen applications, you know, I've, I've had a patient who they've had applications. I know them well. They are leaving me for a longer period of time. I've seen applications on like the low back stay on a week, week and a half. I will typically teach people the next time I see my patient, I'm probably going to remove the tape myself so I can number one, do it safely. And number two, I can get back into my manual work. I don't want to do it with tape on and I don't want to really reassess with tape. I kind of want to see them as is. Um, we quote three to five days. There isn't a lot of evidence that necessarily tells us exactly how long the tape can be on. And I was actually just talking about this to some chiropractic students today 
And I got a great question, and it's a question I ask myself constantly, and I haven't seen any research done on it, but what about like neurosensory adaptation? You know, uh, like wearing your wedding ring, you don't always feel it, quote unquote, because it's seen as redundant by your brain and it's non-threatening, so your brain doesn't have to give attention to it. Your brain wants to save energy. Does that happen with tape? So after we apply tape, and let's say a patient goes on vacation or something like that, and they're feeling great, does that sensation kind of get redundant to the brain? I, I don't have an answer for that. And I think that's where the question will be answered is how long can or should tape stay on? So what I usually recommend to people is the next time the patient's coming to see you, pro remove the tape, do your other uh, modalities and other therapies. And then if, you, if you're going to re, re, uh, uh, reapply tape, reapply tape. What another aspect of this, so we talked a lot about the, the, the neural aspect of this. Um, another aspect and probably one of the first things I think with me from, with kinesiology tape that grabbed my attention was pictures of swelling decreasing. So especially, you know, you have yeah. post-op ACL and they did the web pattern, um, over top of it. And like a day later, take it off and you can see the lines in it that's taken the bruising away. Um, can you talk about yeah. that aspect of it? What, what, um, what causes that? So that's the decompression uh, effect at work. So that classic basket weave, some people call it like uh, octopus tentacles, stuff like that. Um, they used to think that when we created this basket weave, you had areas where skin was showing and then areas with tape. They used to think it was a pressure differential uh, uh, phenomenon. So high to low concentration gradient, basically, where you had that swelling, you would see that it would be kind of pulled to where the tape was and then the lymphatic vessels are decompressed and they can kind of do their job. But actually when you, when you think about it, if that's true, the bruising pattern when you remove the tape would be flipped. So you would actually see that the bruising would be in the design of the tape. So I know it's not a concrete way to disprove it, but if you think about gotcha. it like that, that's the way it probably should look. So, what you're seeing when you remove the tape, you see those lines kind of with bruising around it. And then you see the whiteness or a decrease in bruising around the lines. That's the decompressive effect of the tape, the lifting up that occurs. So you tape end to end, it always pulls towards the center of the tape. It's opening up those tissue layers and it's allowing that fluid to move the way it should. Now, a lot of times that can be very, very beneficial in, in addition to manual therapy. Um, is when I'm working with patients with uh, chronic pain as an osteopathic physician, we're, we're working a lot with that fascia and trying to, uh, open up the fascia. And so, you know, kind of hearing you talk about that, I think that's really exciting. Um, as we are kind of finding new ways to help manipulate that fascia, open that space up, get the yeah. fluid able to, to flow a little bit better. Um, because yeah, I'm sure you've seen that also in, in your own experience with patients that sometimes just mobilizing the fascia is just a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just really powerful. When, for that when you come this way to teach a course, Ben and I will both take it. <laughs> yes. I'd love to. I haven't been back to Phoenix for 26 years. I was actually born out there. So I, I I've always looked okay. for a way to go back. Dude, uh, I'm actually doing a rock blades <laughs> course down here in a couple of weeks. Nice. Uh, is there any, um, I don't know if downside, but adverse effects to, um, 
to the kinesiology tape. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you uh, if you irritate the skin is probably the biggest thing. So one of the things we talk a lot about is, I mean, it's tape on the skin. It's latex-free. It's hypoallergenic. But everybody's skin is different. So you really need to test it out. Ask a really good patient history about any sort of uh, adhesive allergies, any kind of skin reactions, anything like that. Be logical. Don't tape over rashes or open wounds and stuff like that. Um, you'd be surprised with the stories. But um, the biggest risk really is that irritation. And this is why we emphasize less is more, a minimal effective dose is we don't talk a lot about adding extra stretch just for the sake of extra stretch because again the evidence is showing us right now that more stretch isn't showing a greater benefit but more stretch you're more likely to irritate the skin especially at the tails the ends so where you actually lay down the right. tape at the ends that's where it pulls from and that's where people get the irritation so if you lay down tape and it causes irritation maybe it's pulling body hair in an awkward way, um, that's going to cause more pain. That's going to cause more of a, a threatening stimulus than the beneficial one. And that's all the patient is really going to feel. So that could create a problem if you're not applying it appropriately. Um, if you are uh, adding stretch when you don't need stretch or you're adding stretch to the tails when it's going to be pulling from that side, if you actually, you can believe it or not, limit someone's range of motion. And by that, I mean, if you tape uh, within a certain physiological range, but they're moving past that, the, tr the tape can stretch to a certain extent where the patient will start to feel that stretch. So like if I tape someone's knee, for instance, and I only bend it halfway, and then I lay tape down, but they're someone who does deep squats, they're going to feel a lot of stretch on that tape, which could be irritating to them. So when you apply the tape, you want to make sure that you lengthen that tissue as much as you want it to be for whatever that patient's going to do. And you also want to make sure you don't add extra stretch that could possibly irritate the skin. And you want to really be, be very cautious of a patient's skin reaction. Um, and sometimes that's hard because patients will say, I don't have any skin reaction. I don't have any issues. I don't have any issues. But I can tell you one time I had tape on and I got really sick that day. I just had like a, a weird stomach bug and I actually took tape off of myself. And that was the only time in that part of my body I ever had a reaction. So their physical state oh, at that moment in time might actually be a factor to take into consideration too. Well, and I, I liked that you discussed the uh, the Dr. Imes method of bandaging, where when I put a bandage on or any sort of tape on a patient, I try and include as many hairs as possible. <laughs> so when they rip it off later, <laughs> you know, they, they think about the pain that they could have been in. Sure. Uh, so that's, so that's good. That's for the good. guys out there, you got to tape in the direction of hair and then take off in right. the direction of hair too. But, but people ask the question all the time is, can you tape over hair? And it's like, well, Hair actually is an extension of the skin, part of the integumentary system, and it actually has nervous system receptors. So you don't want to really shave the skin. But if you have someone who has so much hair and the, the tape is just on the hair and not the skin, it's not going to do them a lot of good. So you might want to trim it down. I actually had a, a seminar attendee once. I was doing a, a functional line from shoulder to hip across the body. His chest hair was so thick that the, the tape was just hovering on the chest hair and not on the skin. I'm like, this is not appropriate for him unless he was willing to shave himself. So we just couldn't use tape then. What, 
was he by any chance a Wookiee? <laughs> he was. He was. He was super tall, but I'm short, so everybody's kind of tall to me. I don't. I, I think he was speaking tall. clear English there. Yeah. yeah. No. No. Gr- right. No grunts right. and tongue noises. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I think one of the things that we want to talk to you about, you know, it, I think this is being sold in retail stores now, and you can get it online on Amazon. Uh, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Is that yeah is that safe? Is that dangerous? That's a great question. Um, I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, you know, there's two sides of it, and I try to understand both sides. From a clinician's side, you know, everything I just said, it can be applied incorrectly. It can cause problems uh, in certain situations. So just being able to go pick some up and apply it to yourself with very minimal education like YouTube or the inserts and stuff like that is not always the best way to go, uh, if at all. But then I do understand the business side of things. So it does kind of get the brand out there and the different brands. And I know different brands are all over the place. And like, honestly, Rock Tape is only in a handful of stores. Um, you know, and if you talk to our founder, Greg Vandendries, he wanted that. He did not want it to be all over the place there too, but that might just steer someone towards another brand and they'll have access to it in some way, shape or form. So it's hard because you can't really stop someone from doing it. The best we can do is really try to educate them, uh, and let them understand as much as possible and hopefully tell them like, Hey, if you tried it on your own and it didn't work out, don't completely disregard the use of the tape. Um, me personally, not a huge fan of that because I think there's a lot more education that needs to come with it. Yeah. Now, uh, I think which helps us kind of segue you, um, you work for rock tape itself, Mm -hmm. the company. And so, uh, I imagine that your bias would be towards rock tape. Um, tell us, uh, kind of as a transition here, tell us a little bit about why you would say that rock tape is better. And then if sure. rock tape isn't as available to the every man, you know, is that a bad yeah. thing? Because now they're not getting the, the better product in your, in your mind, um, sure. uh, yeah. in their hands. So I'll give you the, I'll give you the running tagline is rock tape is, uh, the, the strongest, stickiest and sexiest tape on the market. So we have, let's go with the last one first. We have the, the coolest looking tape with all the designs and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, it does have one of the strongest adhesives that we've seen on the market. And, and I wish I had better information to give you guys, but, um, but that's kind of a marketing team uh, question. Uh, and the strength of the, uh, the weave and the elastic that's in there too. So stronger, stickier. We talked about those three effects of kinesiology tape. I can't tell you the number of people I've talked to, and this was my experience too. I was using a different kind of tape in practice, and it wasn't staying on. And when I discovered rock tape, I used it and then I took the course and I was blown away by the education personally. And the fact that the tape was staying on my patients, if it doesn't stay on, it doesn't do those three things that I talked about at the onset. (laughs) So what I would say to people, like if you can't find the brand you're looking for, if you absolutely need tape, try another brand. But if it's starting to fall off, you're not going to have those effects and it's not going to do what it's going to do. Um, that's where I kind of want people to look as far as brands are concerned, because yeah, you're right. You could go to a Walgreens and get kinesiology tape, but it's not the best quality. Um, I've tested it out, you know, personally in, in my laboratory, quote unquote, um, you know, the, the, how the breaking strength when I use a certain amount of weight and stuff like that, you know, the, the, the feel of the tape, 
Um, and how well does it actually stick? So, you know, I, I was a self-experimenter with tape when I was first discovering it and I had different strips all over my body and just seeing what fell off first. And, you know, honestly, despite my bias, rock tape really was the best. And that's really why I actually got into rock tape. And then the education blew me away. And I, I, uh, I, I really just wanted to be part of the team. So if somebody is looking for tape, try all different brands, see what works for you too. I guess the other thing is the glue. If you can investigate, you know, where the glue came from and how it's manufactured, that can tell you a lot about skin sensitivities. Um, even considering things like uh, dyes and logos, you know, talk about, you know, the sexy quality of our tape. Some people do have reactions to logos. I hear it all the time. It's people like, how come the logo tape sticks better than the non-logo tape? And I'm like, I, I have no idea. I, there's no way of me knowing that. But, you know, sometimes dyes can react with somebody. Uh, sometimes the logos that are on there might have a reaction with somebody too. You also have to consider, what if I'm taping, you know, a 50-year-old CEO that happens to be wearing a polo shirt with short sleeves that day? Does he really want like orange rock tape logo tape on his arms and stuff like that too? So you know, finding the right brand right. involves finding, you know, clean materials, strong materials, and then probably looking for an appropriate design at the same time too. Um, but again, I can tell you just from my experience, you know, hosting our podcast, I talked to so many instructors and different practitioners. They all kind of went to rock tape because it, it was staying on their patients. It's, it's the common story that I hear all the time. Hmm. That That's really cool. Yeah. I think, I think that that brings to light some good stuff. And I think one of the things that we're planning on doing is uh, we'll be uh, putting all of us, getting some rock tape on, getting some other inferior products on and just kind of doing some, uh, some testing sure, and seeing yeah. how that works. So I'm excited to get some of this rock tape on and just looking at pictures online. Uh, you're right. This is good looking stuff. This is not <laughs> just your, your flimsy looking boring stuff. Do, do they do custom logos and stuff on it? I didn't look that far. They into do. It. Oh, yeah, they do. You can. Can get... we get some Doc Doc goose? Yes, you oh, can put your goose on yes. it. I will say you have to buy a lot Let's... of tape. It's just a manufacturing <laughs> thing. But like, if you know you're going to use a lot of tape, like a lot of times it's practitioners who have multiple uh, practices. They'll get their logo on it, and yeah, it's it's a great marketing tool. You know, if you go back to the business yeah, side of things. Absolutely, dude. All right, we're doing this. <laughs> We're doing this. <laughs> the other, th the other thing I got. We're gonna, say we're gonna too be giving is, this away all over the place. <laughs> the other thing I gotta say too is, you know, going back to the education. You know, again, I'm an instructor for Rock Tape. I, I teach the education. I want people to come to our courses. Kind of take that out of my explanation, but you know, I was blown away by the education because it taught me more of the why rather than the how. And once you understand those concepts, you really can do whatever you need to do with them. And like, I remember this was 2014, like I saw tape applications that I'd never thought could ever occur. And it was more than just put a piece of tape over this. And it was more than like talking about directional taping and cutting it into Y strips and all that. And it got away from protocols. And it was more about what does your patient need? Here's what tape can do. Let's work on applying it appropriately for that patient and let's test and retest. So, so I'm going to share a story. Wait, is this going to be a good story or are <laughs> we going to have to delete really it later? It's a really boring story and I'm going to leave it in there so everyone has to either sit through it or they need to turn the thing off right now or just skip forward like Turn the volume minutes. down. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know what? A minute and a half. <laughs> Matt, Matt just turned off his camera. So. Matt's, Matt's bored already. That's his vote. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's hear your story. <laughs> so as Ben said earlier, I came from the same camp. I'm a skeptic uh, of, uh, of kinesiology tape in general. So a little more background. I work in a multi-specialty pain management company. Um, so I do the physical therapy side of that. We have interventional pain management physicians. We have chiropractors, um, physical therapists, et cetera. Um, any tool to get people out of pain. So when I was just in ortho clinics, though, I was really skeptical about, uh, uh, about kinesiology taping. I had a couple rolls of it, though, and they were just there. Of course, that company also had a ridiculous way of, like, we had to have the person buy the whole roll before we could use it on them. It's just stupid. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't try to sell people on it. Like, whatever, I'm not going to do that. Um, there was one patient though. He had, um, he had a, a ridiculopathy. So he had, he had a lot of pressure that was put on a nerve. He ended up having drop foot. Um, he had the surgery to decompress it and he still had problems. We had problems getting, um, his foot to respond again. Uh, his dorsiflexors to respond. And we went through several things trying to, to get it to respond again. And one day I was like, you know what? I got this roll of rock tape. We're just going to do this. We're just hail Mary. Let's, let's figure it out. And damn it. It worked <laughs> in a couple days. Like his foot started to respond. And so that was probably the first time I'm like, all right, Maybe there's something else to it, like the stimulation side of it. That's why when I started to see it's kicking on the nervous system, and it was actually a pretty cool case, and he got back to full use of his foot again. Um, now, I'm going to throw out the disclaimer. Is it possible it could have been bad luck for timing or, or good luck maybe? Yeah, possibly. But I still use rock sure. tape to this day, so it worked as an advertising tool at least. Um, I'm experimenting mm -hmm. with it more and more for different cases to see what it will do. Um, and I can tell you that yeah. it's got some cool cases. So on the backside of that, I wanted to ask you, what's a cool case that you have seen at work for, even that you might've been like, come on, it's not gonna work for this. Uh, I had a pretty interesting case, kind of very similar. It was a, kind of a drop foot situation. I had a patient who was in a, uh, a, a motor vehicle collision. She was in a, a bike accident. And the way she described it to me is her right patella ended up in her right hip. Um, so she had some pretty severe, uh, injuries to the knee and she had gone through a lot of stuff. She had it for 12 years when I saw her. Um, and it was at that point, it was really just kind of, you know, pain management, you know, uh, getting her back to function. She was, she was athletic. She participated in, uh, in, in CrossFit, you know, as her recreational exercise. So she was functional, but she was just having kind of those aches and pains and stuff like that. Um, and it was actually in that hip that she was, her complaint was, but she had such a, uh, a pretty big history in the knee and she did have a little bit of drop foot. And she said, I can't do the box jumps and I actually can't walk backwards at all because of, uh, her foot drop. So I used one of our applications cause it was like, you know, I've been working on her hip. This is related, but I want to, you know, make sure I'm focusing on, uh, the complaint first and then going into my crazy stuff about, you know, Hey, what if we wiggle your pinky toe? Um, but I wanted to kind of address that because I knew there was a relationship there. And I think if we got that foot working better, we could get the hip working better. So I'm like, how can I really kind of attack this? Cause she needs a little bit more support. Um, 
her nervous system is going to need a lot of input. So something that's on 24 seven, like the tape is really a good thing. So I use this helical application that we do, which can help with kind of like spiral type of movements that are in the lower extremities. And I was just thinking like drop foot more like sagittal plane, you know, the dorsiflexion dysfunction. I did kind of what I call the double helix around the foot. So imagine tapes coming from the bottom of the foot from the inside, and then you start to coil it up the leg. But that's, that's usually an application we use for someone who has a lot of knee valgus during say a squat. And then tape underneath the foot comes up from the outside and then wraps around. We use that a lot for people who have knee varus um, and then hip shift too as well. So I use both on that knee to kind of try to see, can she engage it with that tactile cueing, but also like kind of supporting her with the spiral component of that lower extremity. And damn it, if she didn't walk backwards and then tried box jumps the next day, and she said she did box jumps for the first time <laughs> in 12 years. And I secretly <laughs> patted myself on the back, but I told her, great job, because it was really her that did it. But I was like, it's one of those situations where I was like, you know, I tried that not knowing if it was going to work. Now I just kind of have to think backwards and be like, why did that work? You know? So it works, but it also can open up a lot of ideas. It's like, hey, if this if this tape works, maybe if I try more like stimulus, tactile sensation, you know, whatever stim you can kind of use, maybe that will give more of the improvement during my therapies. And then I can kind of hold it with tape. So that was one of my favorite uh, stories just because of the injury that I oh, came that's with. That's pretty cool. Good. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I always love those, you know, the, those ones where you can take somebody who's had 12 years of not being able to function and yeah, you get it right. Yeah. <laughs> you get it right. And that's fantastic. Or you have really that's lucky, great. interesting timing for 12 years. They can't do right. it yes. one day. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Boom. <laughs> that day. The rock tape effect. Yeah. <laughs> how, how often John, do you see it misused? Um, how, how let, let's ask another question it, with yeah. that. How often do you watch like, you know, beach volleyball and you're like, Oh, come on. They have it there. I will tell you. Every, every sporting event, I, I won't speculate on whether it's being used right or wrong because who I'm not to say. I, I've, I didn't assess that athlete. I, I'm not in the mind of the instructor uh, or the, the applicator, um, the doc. Um, but I look at these applications. Sometimes I go, what's that for? I wonder what they're using that for. So, you know, you could be very general and be like, oh, that's for the back because it's on the back or it's for the shoulder because it's on the shoulder. Um, I will say that I do see a lot of practitioners defaulting to kind of their conditioned response where maybe they're just, you have shoulder pain, I'm just going to tape over the shoulder instead of trying to maybe discover where that shoulder pain is coming from um, in a chronic uh, situation, of course, but maybe it's just a practitioner who doesn't have the time to do that. So, you know, um, but yeah, I, I do like to watch, you know, different games and sporting events and be like, I wonder what that thought process was you know that's kind of my my thought process is what is their thought process i'm i'm excited to start seeing trying out some of this uh the rock tape and, and seeing just kind of how it, it can play out and then uh, you should yeah. be even more excited because we have another product that rock tape furnished us with that we get to try out and that's rock <laughs> sauce okay tell me more about rock sauce rock sauce because I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna let dr campioni do it Okay. Do it. Um, so rock sauce is our topicals. <laughs> and uh, as far as I know, it was one of the first topicals that was had the ability to be put on the tape. 
So the, the thing about rock sauce is it can be put on the skin, applied appropriately. Again, you know, obviously not in excess, but as long as you apply it, rub it in, you can tape right over it. It will not, it will not prevent the tape from sticking. And then you can actually rub it on through the tape and it's a topical. So it's a, it's a topical analgesic. It is part of the, the, the pain gating mechanism. What we know now is there are different receptors for the hot and the cold. So the, the, the Roxas fire, the main ingredient with most heat topicals is capsaicin. The main ingredient with the most cold is menthol. There are actually different receptors for that, apparently. We don't know if they have a different result. So really what it's doing is, again, it's kind of helping with pain mitigation, and it's another type of stimulus. I, I have to be perfectly honest with you. I'm not a huge fan of topicals. I never have been because they can be overused. They can be like really greasy and kind of the smell can get to people as well, too. So I personally, I don't use it a lot, but the people that I've talked to uh, that do like topicals, they do like the the the, the fire and ice uh, with the rock sauce because it comes in really cool bottles. Yeah, I'm looking at these bottles right now because I this is a surprise to me, yeah. Sean, <laughs> Dr. Palmer. I have yours um, coming. I, I'm going to give it to you this weekend. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, actually, I'm actually looking at these bottles and this is marketing genius at work. <laughs> uh, these look fantastic. This looks like something I want to buy. Um, the, mar the marketing team is I, awesome. Just, you know, dude, they are they are on point right now. I, yeah. I had a, an employee at our clinic that that uh, that asked me to taper back, and I put the rock sauce fire on the first day. Second day, I put ice, and she came back the next day and said, "Can I do the fire one again? I like that one better." <laughs> so at least for her. Yeah, what it comes down works. to. What it comes down to, honestly, is like personal preference because we don't know if the menthol or capsaicin has a different result. We just know that it helps kind of, quote unquote, block that, that sense of pain for a while. But the thing I got to remind people about topicals all the time, because there's so many people that rely too much on them. Like, you know, all those people who like, oh, yeah, the Bengay is always in my medicine cabinet. It wears off and it doesn't fix your problem. It just kind of covers it up for a while. Um, I use, I, I, I always, uh, talk about pain as a check engine light. And when you have the check engine light come on, it's a signal that you check the engine. If pain comes up, you got to figure out why there's pain. It's not always where the problem is, wherever the pain is. So a lot of times I use the analogy topicals kind of does just cover up the check engine light for a little while. You can ignore it for a little while. So just anybody who uses topicals, just understand it's not going to fix the problem, but it might help you feel better for a little while. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that was something, I don't know if we mentioned it a couple episodes ago, but where we said, you know, pain in and of itself is not a bad thing. You know, sure. excessive pain really stinks. Yeah. Um, but if we got rid of all the pain in the world, that'd be a really bad thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't know if you were burning your hand off or, you know, those aren't, those aren't good things. So, Very but fun. yeah, being able to relieve it temporarily can be a really nice thing for patients. But like yeah. you said, yeah, just keeping this stuff on all the time, not, not the best thing. You get people with their Google do Google doctorates, and they're like, "Yeah, I'll just put that on, and it'll be fine, right?" And they just you, they just smell like menthol all day long. It's like, go get go get the problem fixed. All day long. <laughs> I mean, you look back at the definition of pain. You know, an emotional response to actual or potential tissue damage. So pain's telling you it, it's a warning shot of there could be damage coming too, and so it is very useful for that. Um. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I wonder how much you guys have heard this because I hear it eh, every other month, maybe. When I ask someone if they've used ice or heat, and they say, "Yeah, I use icy hot," 
<laughs> yeah. No, not the same. Uh, you I mean, keep using these words. Similar. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the times I have to learn to keep my mouth shut because the things I'm thinking, I just, they're going to walk out <laughs> if I let it fly. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so, you, so uh, Dr. Campione, you teach the, the rock tape courses. So you have a ton of information mm -hmm. about this stuff. Is there anything that we haven't touched on yet that you love talking about? My, my favorite thing to talk about in the courses is the neuroscience behind it because it's so helpful to just really understand what we, to, what we strive to do is to help people understand the concepts and not give them a protocol-based system. When you understand the concepts, the tool becomes so much easier to use and then you can do whatever you need to do. So I love talking to people about the neuroscience behind it and then helping them just figure out what's best for that individual patient because that, ultimately that's what we're trying to do is help that person. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well said. Good. Got more questions? You know, I think, I don't think so. I, I was just going to say, you know, as, as we kind of look at the, the literature and the, the research kind of through the different um, uh, meta-analysis is meta-analysis, meta all the, all the meta-analysis is, man, I can't even say it no matter what. Okay. Uh, all the different studies that have been done, um, you know, kind of as, uh, the kinesiology tape has kind of progressed from like 2015 all the way up through now. Um, I think initially there was a lot of confusion and saying, Hey, you know, can we just do this in, in place of nothing, uh, or in place of, you know, normal therapy and, um, and trying to compare things. And they were finding, you know, a lot of maybe, uh, just the way that the studies were designed, weren't really well designed to compare accurately. Um, at least early on, I think as I kind of have looked uh, more recent literature, it looks like they're trying to compare and say, you know, is it is it better than doing nothing? And is it good for acute pain versus chronic pain? And uh, it seems like those studies are starting to pan out a little bit more. Yeah, that's what we're seeing. And one thing I, I try to tell people, too, is, you know, the research is is looking at kind of one thing at a time to try to show it. But it, clinically, you're never going to only use that by itself. So if it can work all by itself, think about how great it would be with other things that you're doing with your patients. The, the more amazing thing it, um, about that question, too, is that Ben is really a speed reader. So in this time that he asked the question right before that, he actually just went and looked at all the research from 2015 to now and could pretty much uh, state every exactly. study for you. Teach me your ways. I need to I need to read yeah. faster. <laughs> oh, man, it's tough. Um, you have to carry me around on your back through a swamp for days at a time. And I'll, I'll whisper wisdom, wisdom into your ear. So. I can Yoda piggyback ride you. That's, That's a Star Wars. Yeah, there you go, man. Got he got it. it. He got, got it. it. All those other of you out there. That was a rough Star Wars joke. Sorry. Oh, man. Uh, awesome. Well, hey, we really appreciate your time. Thanks for staying up. I know it's a lot later there than it is here. Um, you, you gave oh, us no some, problem. some great insight into it. Um, I think a lot of people are really going to enjoy hearing some of those answers. I hope so. Yeah, John, thank you so much. I appreciate it. This was great. Thank you guys for having this me. This is uh, Dr. John Campione. He is uh, a master instructor with Rock Tape. So if you are a clinician that is interested in uh, getting into one of those courses and learning about it, um, look up the classes that, uh, that he could be teaching. You can see it on Rock Tape's website. With that, I'm Sean Palmer. You are physical therapist doctor and i am dr benjamin imes a physician 
I'm mad. Real quick, also, this sponsor is coming, but I want to give you a heads up. Go check out GrooveLife.com. Enter code DDG20 at checkout for 20% off. We'll tell you more about it in the future, but that's just a little heads up. Go check them out. listening to the doc doc goose podcast if you like what you heard please leave a review to help others discover us visit our website at www.ddgpodcast.com to read the show notes blogs view videos and interact with the cast you can also follow us on facebook instagram and twitter at the ddg podcast if you have an apple device you can easily access the podcast by saying hey siri play the doc doc goose podcast